Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxe's Church in Saxe, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of EST, your home for issues related to the established church. And I am here with my friend Josh King, uh, my co-host, as well as, um, well, we're still waiting on Micah uh, to return from adopting his new son. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a bit of like, you remember that old show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah, it seems that way with Micah. It's a bit of where in the world is, is, is Micah Freeze. Um, he posted and a now picture that... of them at the zoo, and I was like, what zoo is that? I'm trying to look around, but it was very close to Lions, and I thought, that's not an American zoo. That's Probably what... not. <laughs> but he, For all of our listeners, we know you love Micah. Mm-hmm. He will be back. He will return. He, soon. Yeah. Soon. We we don't want to over-promise and under-deliver, right. but it's coming soon. It's coming soon, and we love him, too. We love Micah. So what are we talking Absolutely. about today, Sam? I think we're going to talk about new member classes, yeah. and you know, assim- which is really a assimilation. Is what okay. when we talk when we say new member classes, whatever you call them, mm-hmm. it's assimilating people into the body of Christ. Right. Which last time I checked, it's a pretty important issue. It's good. Do you have one of those? Does West Bradenton have? Yeah, we do. We call it Discover class. Now, um, did was that there before you got there? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I probably wouldn't pick the term discover, but you know but it's one of those things you inherit. There, yeah. It was already there. You inherit stuff in an established church and mm-hmm. you know, when you inherit something you're like, Where is this? Is this good, bad, ugly? And it's just one of those things where I'm like, Yeah, it works. It'll I'm, do for know, now. Right. It'll do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, why change it? You know, everyone knows what it is, so let's just keep calling it discover class. But so yeah, we have one. Do you? They, we do. It wasn't here though. Um so this is something that we started. They never had one before I came here. And when we say new member class, I think that that title is so misleading because it's not, it's like pre-member class. That's really kind of what we're talking about here, like introducing you to the church. And then you could join afterwards. At least that's how ours works. Is that how yours? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. how, but the assumption is, is that, hey, we really want you to join our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're a troublemaker or yeah. you don't believe what we believe, um, yeah. which is part of why we have the class. So, so is I yours, guess, I guess yours the, is required for membership. You require yours for membership. Ours, well, the way we put it is there is a conversation with the elders that is required for membership. That requirement can be met at what we call Connext, um, or it can be met at Starbucks with me or one of our other elders. And so you can have a personal, because some people are that way. They want to take up four or five hours of your time. They've got a lot of questions, and those are great. I love having those conversations. Other people, not so much, don't want to get coffee, don't want to be kind of singled out by the pastor. They feel awkward in that way. And so Connects is sort of a group satisfaction, satisfying of that requirement. So Connects with an X? Yeah, that was a typo, and we loved it. And so we were such a hipster. Yeah, it's Connects. Um, We did not, I did not mean to call it that. I was sending an email to uh, the young lady I work with who actually helps manage all of that, and I messed it up, and I typed the wrong thing, and 
She's like, I don't see. I don't. I don't believe that because you're so OCD. I can't imagine you ever even having a typo. I have lots of typos. Typos are my my, my <laughs> love language, and so we actually kind of loved it. And before that, we were calling it something different, which we can talk about in a minute, as far as whether we call things. But I think baseline here, good or bad, these sort of things are the should they be in churches? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no. Absolutely. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Way more good than bad. I mean. You could you could have a class that's terrible. I mean, sure. I mean, and it could do more harm than good. I guess. But generally speaking, mm-hmm. yeah, I think churches should have some way of letting people know who you know who who are you. Now, if you're inheriting a situation where you don't have anything at all, mm-hmm. and you know maybe you're an established church, you're traditional in nature, people walk the aisle, they join on the spot. I mean, jumping from that into we're going to require this per our bylaws for membership. I mean, that's a big leap. So you may have some interne- intermediate steps along the way. But I've got some key gener- I've got some. Yeah, I mean, but generally, yeah, I think it's a gr- great idea to have mm-hmm. a, a, a new member class of sorts. And there's all sorts of ways to do it, which we can talk about. But right. how, yeah, generally, yes, good idea. How would you respond? Because the, I've heard this critique before. I was on staff at a church once that really kind of got into a fight over this. They wanted some of the leadership wanted to have a an introductory course before membership, and some did not. And the argument is made: Well, the Bible doesn't have any sort of requirement. Aren't you putting more on the person than the Bible required? How how would you respond to that? Uh, well, the the Bible is silent on a lot of issues like mm-hmm. electricity and whether you lock your doors at certain times. I mean, but the Bible also has lots to say about wisdom and just general ways of thinking. So um, to the person who's swept into a controversy in their church over this sort of thing, I, as with any change effort, what I would what I would say, here's how I would propose it. I would say, all right, um, I get that there's tensions over this. Give me one year. Just let's just try it for one year. Let's just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then after that year, we'll evaluate it. If it's a total disaster, we can always go back to the way that it was before. Right. So you've bought yourself some time. And, and, and we all know this. In an established church, if you can get something to click for a year, by the end of that year, people are saying, well, we've been doing this for 30 years. It's the right. way that it's always We're been. We're never going to change that thing. And so... We- we had some of that here. There was a little bit of a mm, bristling. There wasn't a fight. But so you want to require a class before membership. And the way I just – there was two things that we did to kind of dispel the, the, the fears. First, we just said, look, all the churches are different, and we want to be upfront with who we are and what we expect of members. And so a lot of people could get behind that. The thing that they really didn't like or were afraid of – um, getting rid of was the walking down the aisle, the traditional, um, which I'm sure a lot of our people have. They thought we were going to do away with that. And so people couldn't walk down the aisle and stuff like this, and we didn't. What instead I started doing, though, was let's say Sam walks down the aisle. He wants to join Saxe's Church. And um, so, and if he, I was in the area, that's where I would join. Absolutely. And so if you did that, what I would do is, if I had never talked to you before, and sometimes that happens. And so for pastors who are in that situation, you're like, I want them to go to my new member. What do you do? I always introduced them as they came down, Sam came down looking or interested in joining our church. We're going to have some conversations. 
and um, we're going to see if if that if we can go further with that because you know i don't know you could be a polygamist you could be um i don't know you could you know have never been baptized or one of our key kind of beliefs that we have and so you always want to kind of so we still introduce i just don't introduce them as members i just say yeah. they're taking a step towards membership and um that really yeah, encouraged people that's a wise way to approach it I, I was at a church uh, where, where I served previously, and um, we didn't have a class at all, and I started one. So I've actually gone through that process. They had the same fears that you had, you know, your church had of, you know, well, can, people, can they still walk the aisle? And yeah, mm-hmm. of course they can. The way I approached it was, you know, obviously we, we, we want them to know what they're getting into. Uh, we want to be fair to that person. But the other thing I said is, hey, just from a child's safety perspective, mm. I mean, we really got to be careful about who we're letting into our church. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I don't know about your church, but my church, anyone's welcome. You know, our doors are wide open. Right. Any given Sunday, anyone can walk in. Like, any, mm-hmm. we're just that kind of church. And I think most churches are probably like that. Sure. Um, so if you have a process where you join on the spot, I would say that's, one, that's not fair to that person. Because if that's their first Sunday, they may not know what they're getting into. But it's also a major child safety issue. Because guess where the problem people, they're going to show up to the church where it's really easy for them to get on the end. Right. And from a liability perspective, you have a much higher liability with your own members than you do just, say, random people. So, you, you, you know, you have to be very careful about, mm-hmm. you know, who you just say, okay, all right, you're now part of the body of Christ. Here. Right. I mean, that's, there's, a, all, there's the theology of this mm-hmm. as well, which is probably the most important thing of all is sure. – you're putting your stamp of approval on this person as, okay, you're part of the body of Christ. So for me, the class is – it's several things. It's child safety. It's fairness to that individual if this is what we believe. Um, you know, it's it's a theological thing. Um, so, yeah, I think there's many good reasons why, why to have one. Absolutely. I think we talked about a lot of them uh, from a revitalization standpoint. So if you are pastoring an established church that maybe needs some help – I have found this to be one of the most beneficial and underutilized tools is some sort of new members class, however you can arrange it. Maybe it's – and I've seen them different categories. So the way we host ours is we still have what is called a traditional schedule, but we don't do the traditional things. So there is a small group hour before the worship hour, you know, on Sunday morning, kind of how Mm -hmm. it used to be called Sunday school. We, we don't do Sunday school. We do small groups, which is different. They're community. They're uh, discussion-based. They're sermon-based. It's not a lecture-style sit-in-circle. So, so we host our Connext meeting during that first hour, and that way child care is available. They get in sort of not the habit because it's one week, but they, they have that um, sort of, um, I don't know, the schedule is already there. They, they can come during that, and then next week they'll go to a small group. Um, the reason I think it's so beneficial in revitalization is that change. You're trying to change. And so here's what we did. Uh, we, we started these classes, and at the time, I think we called it Discover First. And people would come in, and um, they'd have this time with me where I would be able to say, this is who we are, this is what we expect of you. But a big portion of it was this is where we're going. And so for a year and a half, two years, I told every person who joined our church that we would one day be elder-led. And so what happened was, over time, 
the vast majority of people coming into our church were just expecting at some point we were going to go elder-led. I just told them we weren't right now, but we're going in that direction. And as I'm teaching those who are already there, I'm kind of screening those who are coming through. So those who have maybe a huge issue with elder leadership um, didn't end up joining our church. And that was okay because I was just preventing a, a fight that would go down the street. You know, We also talk a lot in our Connext group about close-handed and open-handed doctrines. These are the things we will fight for. These are the things we're just not going to fight over. So biblical translations, stuff like that is something we don't fight over. So that really helps, I think, in screening out some of the problems that are preemptive. Now, I will say this. We do have people join that say maybe they don't agree with all of our open-handed things, but they're willing to accept that and willing to be open to it, but they know going in that that's something sure. we do. Oh, so. oh, yeah, we have the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we use it as a screening process as well. I, I, right. We had, I just did the stats because I just did our state of the church address, which would be another good idea for a podcast is yeah, how to do a great. state of the church address. I'd love to talk um, about it. Um, we had 132 people come through our class wow. last year mm-hmm. and about, not including kids, that's just people who took the class. We had about half that joined, ultimately joined, which is, you know, I, I want that percentage to be a little higher, but at least we were able to filter through people that, because we had many who said, oh, you don't, you don't baptize babies? You don't mm-hmm. believe this particular doctrine? And I'm like, no, we, we, we don't, but let me help you get connected to a good church that does those things. Right. So, you know, I was able, I was able to be a kingdom guy and all of that. I was able to have a kingdom mindset. Mm-hmm. So we... The con- so let's talk about the content of the class that, that helps yeah. you filter. What do you do when they're there? What do you Yeah, ex- so three big things that, that I teach. I teach information about the church, mm-hmm. um, just basic stuff like, you know, uh, here's our staff. You know, here's our worship style. Here's our philosophy. Here's where the bathrooms are located. And, yes, every single one of them needs to be renovated if you haven't already discovered that. <laughs> you know, we our, our campus wins the ugly award when it comes to – Whatever problems you have with your church campus, we have them worse. This might um, be a good Twitter contest. Post a picture of the thing that you need fixed at your and see who oh, chooses orders. Our listeners do that, and then I will one up you because yeah. I've got everyone beat. With I've at got least a bathroom that I think could I don't know, possibly man. win. It's I don't good. know, man. I don't know. I, I might have everyone beat on the worst bathrooms. But right. but anyway, so information about the church, philosophy, okay. where yeah. you're going, you know, all that stuff, you know, vision. Um, that's all. That's all great. Don't like have a massive sign up list. I don't think that's that's helpful because um, mm-hmm. people hardly know your church. They don't know what to sign up for. You know what ministries to sign up for. The other thing I teach is doctrine. So what do you believe? Um, let people know up front. I mean, if if you're a, a, a conservative church, I just tell people that. I mean, I'm I'm relatively conservative. I mean, that's a scale, and people define that differently, and that's a bit right. of a loaded term. But mm-hmm. I'm. I'm fairly conservative in my theology. And, and I'll tell people that, you know, I, I believe the whole Bible's true. And if you don't, you're you're probably not going to like our church. And so I, I, you know, I teach doctrine. And I tell people, um, you, you said you had, what, open-handed and, and kind of closed-handed? Right. I, I just say, hey, we need you to be in general agreement with, mm-hmm. with our doctrine. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may differ on this phrase a little bit. You know, you may have tweaked this language a little bit. I get that. 
But if if there are if we have eight points that we say you, you kind of you know you have to believe these things. I mean, right. if you don't believe these eight points, you, you're just going to struggle here. So I teach doctrine, um, and then I teach expectations, and we have seven expectations of of every church member. Hmm. Um, we tell people and just briefly to go through the seven: worship, mature, um, well, worship, uh, grow, uh, serve. Give, seek unity, pray, and sacrifice. And we have you how know, the long class. is yours? Like, is it multiple weeks? Dude, you're you're one step ahead of me. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was gonna get there. I was gonna <laughs> get there. So I teach those seven expectations of worship, grow, serve, give, seek unity, pray, and, and sacrifice. Yeah. So the big question is, how long should the class go? Right. And when should you when should you teach it? Mm-hmm. Um. So I do ours on Sunday. We have four services on Sunday, so it's after the third English speaking service so it's lunchtime basically after 11 o'clock service and um we provide lunch um i go for i used to go for three hours and then i was told by the staff you really only need to do two hours so (laughs) i've gotten it down to i've gotten it down to two hours and I, i can give a pretty good overview of the church and the church doctrine in about two hours at the end of the class um we ask people to give us their information we do not ask anybody to join right then and there. Mm-hmm. So we follow up with a call from one of our staff mm. um, or deacon or somebody, depending on how big the class was. And um, we then ask them on the phone call, you know, okay, are you, do you want to join? You know, where are you? Um, so we try to have a personal conversation. Well, we always have a personal conversation with the person about mm. uh, about the class. Right. It's also a good place to get feedback about the class and things like that mm. if someone doesn't join. So. We don't put people on the spot, even if they're ready. We have plenty of people that are like, "Oh, I'm, 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 this is my place. I'm ready to join." You're like, well, that's great. Just mark that on the the, the, the checkoff box that you're yeah. ready to join. But we're still going to follow up with a phone call just just to you know just to connect with you. That's fantastic. And it's at that it's at that phone call where we get all the details, work through you know okay information that sort of stuff, and then at the very next business meeting, we officially vote people in because we're congregational government, so you know we got to sure. vote. We do one class for 45 minutes so it's you know it's very short wow though but the way we do it is there's a there's there's pre there's pre-work and then there's so So you preach 20 you preach 20 minute sermons and your new member class is like 45 minutes surety said that i i I lean towards a 30 minute sermon um my goal is 20 but i'm leaning towards um 30 but you know um yeah we do a 45 minute class but in order, we have a membership agreement that's required to sign, but before you can be a member, and part of that is they did read our um, bylaws, they did read and and agree with our faith statement, they did read and agree with our constitution. So we make them read and agree with all of those. They did have a conversation. So the point of the conversation with the elder is just an overview of expectations. This is what we expect of you. We're assuming mm. you can read and you read that and you agree with our faith statements. And sometimes we'll have to clarify. Um, sure. maybe they'll have some questions with that. And then we do have a, um, a card, a two-sided card that I always say, look, okay, so I leave somebody in there. Sometimes it's my wife, Jackie, which is always good to have her there because it's just a little bit more relational. Or sometimes it's another um, minister we have here on staff who kind of helps out with that. I got to run. I got to go to the service and mic up, you know, and get everything ready. But um, I'm doing that. I say I got to leave, but I do want to leave so there's no pressure. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. get me out of the room. And so um, that follow-up card, uh, 
on one side is either membership. We have because we they know that they need to come in already having read all that stuff, and so at that point they can join. They've met all the requirements, and they and they they should understand things. And so on one side is membership. On the other side is just feedback, and we'll get a lot of feedback on those things, and we'll follow up with them at another point whether or not they you know they want to join at that moment. And we'll actually introduce them if they've met all those requirements and they've had the government. We'll introduce them in the service following. And so, oh, okay. I'll, uh, you know, um, that, uh, that whoever's assisting me will come down and hand me these cards during sort of the greeting time, you know, and say, these people want to be introduced. These people do not want to be introduced. And so the only difference with that is I might say, hey, uh, Sam Rayner's joining our church today. He's been scripturally baptized. He seeks to um, partner with us in mission and ministry. And um, he's sitting out amongst you guys. So do whatever it is you do when you get excited about things. And everybody claps and cheers and all that kind of stuff. So we still do the introduction. We just don't require that they come down to the front because that's, that's a real barrier um, for some of our people for whatever reason. But Oh, yeah. We, we take pictures of people and we mm. show them on the screen. We don't, we don't ask people to I really like that. We just can't stand in front of do that. Most people don't want to do it. I mean they'll yeah. do it if you, if you push them, but most people don't. But we still want – we still want people to know, like, hey, here's who – we're still small enough. You yeah. know, we're not having a 1,000 people join all at once. Right, so, right. You know, it would be great you know, if that happened, but, but we, we, we show a picture of everybody. We kind of explain the difference of being introduced, not being introduced. Millennials like to be introduced. They like to go up in the front and shake the hands like they saw when they were kids. That's sort of a – You just got a, you just got a weird church. We do. We are very weird. Well, they have a weird pastor, so that's how it fleshes out. <laughs> so this is this is this is this is good um, for our listeners because you do a lot of front end work to where the class is more kind of the cap, the final thing. Mm. We do the opposite. For mm. us, the class is that first introduction, and then we have a lot of follow up work. Mm. So to me, tomato tomato, it doesn't really matter whether the class is kind of the the entry point of the process or it's the it's the last part of the process. It's the fact that you have it as part of your filter. Right. Um, there's so many different ways to do it, um, but that's 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 a unique perspective. Um, actually, I actually like kind of the way you've done it because you get all your front end work done. Um, yeah, you, you with, know another with, distinction I noticed. You you do a lunch, and a lot of guys do a lunch, and I and I've heard of churches that would say maybe the lead pastor's like, I can't have one of these classes because we can't afford to feed everybody, and you got you know. You've got, let's say, you've got ten prospective families in there. That's a lot of people to feed, and for some churches, that's a lot of work. That's exactly why we do breakfast. Breakfast is a lot cheaper, so we'll get donuts, pigs, and the blanket. You know, you got coffee, orange juice, all that sort of stuff, and that's just what we can afford at this point. So I'd encourage people to do what it is that they can do and um, right. kind of figure and that I, out. Yeah, I, but I, I agree. You know, not every, a lunch may not work for churches, a particularly smaller church, but. Mm-hmm. You, doing something in the realm of hospitality, however you do it, is really critical. It's worth that line item in the budget, whatever you got to put in there, whether your church is, you know, hey, all that we can do is donuts and coffee. Mm-hmm. Anything that shows hospitality to people who are wanting to be part of the body of Christ is is worth the effort. So, yeah, yeah I get that not every church could afford lunch. It's really not as bad as it sounds because right. um, we're not weird. I mean, we're a middle class church. We're not. Right. We're not a wealthy church at all. We're, we're definitely middle class, uh, just average, just your average Joe mm-hmm. um, and Jane. Um, and we make it. We make it work. Um, but yeah, if you really can't afford it, I get that. But you got to do 
something. I mean, I would I would encourage you to do something there to show hospitality. So we've got about four minutes, and we've talked a little bit about how we do a lot of the pre-work. You do a lot of post-work. You do some follow-up. We do a lot of follow-up as well. What does that follow-up look like for you guys, you know, in a nutshell? Yeah, it's really informal. Um, we try to strip away a lot of the formalities of our – as being an established church the way that we are, we have – Plenty of built-in yeah, formalities already there. Yeah. We, we have we already have enough. Uh, so we try to strip away that in the membership process, and um, it's a lot of personal connection. Really, mm-hmm. I mean that's the goal: is highly relational, highly personal. Um, we want to get to know you. Um, and if I if it's not me, because I can't do all of them, just because we are of size to where I personally, the lead pastor, can't do all of them. But somebody on staff or a deacon. Um, in the church is you know going to reach out to you and and at least sit down with you or a bare minimum on a phone call just you know work through things so um, yeah the follow up is is completely just personal interaction very few formalities you know we're not we're not going over a checklist in an interview with mm-hmm. a light pointing at you like you're being interrogated right nothing like that just as 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 informal and as personal as you can get I think that's better. It's good to have a framework around that. You know, it's good to have a process around that. We certainly have our own processes, but in the interaction, mm-hmm. we we want people to feel like you're joining a family. Right. You know, you know this is a family that sure. you're that you're joining. You have you have people sign something. We we don't, mm-hmm. uh, but we do make it very clear that you know we are covenantal. Our expectations, the seven expectations that I brought up early, that's our covenant. Mm-hmm. And I tell people the covenant is a promise to our church, but more importantly, it's a promise to God. And, you know, we walk through all of that. Um, so we do have our formalities built in, but the follow-up is all just, hey, you know, how, how you doing? Where are recently, you at in the process? You know, I would stress follow-up. If you're if you're thinking through this, at least get to the plan or have a plan of follow-up. So the way it was working when I was doing this by myself, when we were a little bit smaller, um, we would have the meeting and then some people would join. Let's say there was 10 prospective families at a meeting. Uh, three or four families would join out of that. Some, maybe one or two, didn't agree with us and were not going to join with us. They, you, you know, that was the last we saw of them. A few, and this is just the reality, are just lazy. They just didn't read the thing yet. They just didn't <laughs> yes. sign the thing yet. But because I was doing all this by myself, I really couldn't follow up with them, or I did not. I chose not to follow up with them. So here lately, we have um, we hired a a, a friend who does. Um, her title is ministry assistant to people. So she connect, um, she connects people. She connects guests to membership members to, you know, contributing. I just had a, members. The, the movie, the, you know, the office space. I'm a people person. I don't, I, just, I saw it, but I don't remember a lot. Of, I don't remember movies as well as other people. I, I probably should my millennial I, brain. I probably should not bring this up on the podcast and we don't do editing on our podcast. So. Yeah. So there's no, it's going. It's it, it's up. it's uh, it's in there. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I just so, I'm a people person. Well, what we found was that you know she'll follow up with them in a week or two, and she's got a whole system. So a week later they get an email. Two weeks later they get a phone call. She's got a whole system that goes with it. But she'll just ask. And what we found was you know out of that three or four members are people who didn't join at the time of the meeting. She'll get one or two more of them to actually kind of finish the paperwork and to finish the Mm -hmm. requirements. And so we're seeing a greater uh, response by having follow-up. So I would really stress trying to figure out some way and a big benefit for us. If you do go with that strategy is in the meeting, I always say, this is Kaylee. 
Kaylee's going to be the one calling you in a, in a week or two. She's one you can ask any questions about small group. And so I'm passing it off and kind of beginning to build in that idea that, oh, that one guy doesn't do everything here. Right. He has helpers or, or these people help the church, not him. They help the church do what the church needs to do. And so that's really set her up to succeed in what it is that we're asking her to do. Any other thoughts on these things? No, I would I would say about 25% of our people that join, one out of four, and I'm just guessing, but about mm-hmm. one out of four, it takes six months to a year of follow-up before they yeah. – after the class to where they're finally like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. So I, I would just encourage – we have a spreadsheet. You know, mm-hmm. That's what I do. We have a spreadsheet that says when they took the class, how many phone calls we've made to them, all that stuff. Um, and we will continually follow up with people. And some, it does. It takes about a year after the class, even before they say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm willing to join. So I, I would just encourage you if, you, if you have the class and you're, you know, half are joining or a quarter of the people are joining, those that, that just didn't give you a firm no, hey, stay, stay on them. Um, mm-hmm. And likely you'll, you'll see people join th- throughout the year. Um, At least find out even why after they the didn't. Class. At least find out. Oh, yeah. Maybe they just, oh, yeah, I wanted to. I forgot. Or, well, you guys don't agree with homosexuality or something like that. And so, okay, well, you know, you know where the uh, line that is. Happened, that's a very common thing for us as well. Very common you know, I, I well. just don't mm-hmm. believe what your church believes. It's like, great. Do you need help finding another church? We want everyone in a church. And if we're not for you, yeah, let's let's help you get, get someplace. That, yeah. That's a great thing. I mean, you're, you're saving yourself a lot of headache and heartache. Yeah, yep. in, in the future by doing that. Bottom line, at least Sam and I think that these things are great, that uh, you know you should try to lean towards the requirement, follow up with these people. You're going to have stronger, healthier membership, and you're going to save yourself a lot of fighting down the road if you could just kind of go into the relationship. Uh, what is it called? Clarifying the relationship? What's a, a DTR? D, uh, define the relationship. DTR. That's a, that's a thing kids are saying. Did you know oh, that? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm 36 years old. You're like ancient. I don't. I don't I don't know all that stuff. Well, I'm a lot younger. I'm 34. So, the kids these days, you know, if you're if you're See, you're, you're fir- I'm barely in the millennial camp. Mm-hmm. You're firmly. You're you're definitely a millennial. It just I'm depends. right there on the cutoff. Just depends. But hey, we are so glad that all of you are listening. We're so glad that you are making EST a part of your ministry. We we are here to serve you. We are champions for you. We love you guys and we think that uh, all of you are doing such an exceptional job for the established church. Continue to connect with us on Twitter. Uh, show us those pictures of your horrible campus, and um, we'll show you ours. So we, we can't wait to talk with you guys next week. Have a good one.